When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Terraform Development is a rising engineering design and project management company located in Flagstaff, Arizona. Co-owners Eddie Kalnemtua and Stanford Lake started the company to bring economic related projects to rural communities like the villages of the Hopi tribe. Some of the important work done by Terraform with the Hopi tribe are Dawa Ovi Master Plan, KUII Radio Station Site Plan, Hopi Tribal Housing Authority, residential homes, and numerous other nonprofit types projects on the Hopi Tribe. Terraform can be reached at 928-864-5022 or visit their website at www.terraforum.com. That's T-E-R-R-A, the number 4, O-R-M.com. Also sponsored by... 4X Studio is a Phoenix-based design and print communications company that specializes in brand messaging, marketing communications, and creative services for small businesses, nonprofits, tribal gaming, American Indian, and corporate clients nationwide. Their professional services include integrated brand systems, strategic design, identity illustration, print, ad campaign, assist management, packaging, and event design. Forex Studio is an American Indian owned and operated by Sean Kwani. For more information, visit forexstudio.com. That's the number 4xstudio.com. You are now listening to the Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. I'm your host, the Fight Star, Fight Diamond Chef, J-Man. And with me is my co-host. He'll say good morning to you, whether it's midnight, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Carl, (laughs) good morning, everybody. (laughs) Yes, yes, I know, I know. He, it's funny because he, he wishes everybody a good morning, but when I did ask him, are you really willing to come into the studio at 8 a.m. to do this morning show? And he said, no. Well, I, the reason why I say good morning is because we release it in the morning. I mean, we release it around 8 o'clock in the morning, so. We went over this already, Carl. I know, <laughs> but my point is my point is still valid, so. <laughs> so how was your Thanksgiving? I, you just rolling out of the oh Thanksgiving Oh, my God. Break. Yeah. How much pounds did you gain? I think I, I, I usually go walk. You know, I walk around and I, I lost about, um, you know, I lost about five pounds walking and I was happy about myself. And then I gained about 30 pounds just in one day. So you ate that whole turkey by yourself. Oh, huh? my God. Turkey was the best. It was the bomb. I had a really good Thanksgiving, too. We ate twice on Thanksgiving Day. Man, those turkey, mashed potatoes, and stuffing. Yeah, yeah, I know. And, I mean, it it was a really good Thanksgiving. Although, you know, it was done differently because because of this COVID thing here. Uh, We didn't have a big family, but we did have just the immediate family, I guess you could say. Yeah, that was a big difference for us, too. It was just really myself, my wife, and and my kids that were together that celebrated Thanksgiving. And, you know, because of that, I was forced to eat more than I normally do. Yeah, yeah, it was was strange. So, I mean, for anybody out there that had a good Thanksgiving, congratulations. And if you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, please celebrate Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. It's it's good, and so you know I, I think that this uh, uh, season three is going uh, fairly well. Uh, we did come off those two episodes, and nobody's coming and scalped us for you know some of the comments that we've made in previous episodes. Oh, I'd yeah. like to thank you all for yeah. uh, not being violent towards us or uh, being violent towards Carl. <laughs> he's still trying to uh, move off from that high fiber cereal that he's been eating in the morning. <laughs> but speaking of previous episodes, I got to go back to our last episode, and I, I got to make a, a correct. 
correction. It was brought up to us by one of our listeners that we did mislabel one of the terms that we discussed when we were talking about uh, some words that are related between the Hopi language and the Spanish language. We talked about uh, Kowayo. Yeah. And we mistakenly identified it as cow in the last episode, but really it's, it's horse. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, wait. Did, we didn't say cow. We we said we said cow. I went back and I listened to it. Oh, you to listened it. to it? I, oh, okay. I listened to it. So Okowayo is is horse. Oh, okay. Or at least how Hopis pronounce uh, horse in Hopi. And then another, I guess, correction also, too, is that one of our listeners did uh, notify us that uh, tortillas... Pekaviki, uh, which we referenced in the last episode, is actually an indigenous dish. Really? Uh, indigenous folks from down south of what we know as the border. Yeah. It's something that, that's one of their their uh, staples of, of delicacies that they've created, which has migrated its way up here to Hopi, which is something that we enjoy. And we uh, eat that like what your comparison was to the Indians and their um, naan, I believe it's what the bread is called. Ah, okay. All right. So tortillas are actually a Native American or native dish. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, well, thank you for that, listeners. And our well, I guess that's a good thing that we know that our listeners are attentive and listening to our conversations because another one of them pointed out too that they were able to make the correlation that you're trying to make between Indians and their non-bread with Hopis and the Bekaviki bread that yeah. we love so much. Yeah. It's just that it took you twice as long that it needed to <laughs> describe what you're trying to get. That's why I got a little bit cranky and kind of, you know, came at you the way that I did. Hopis love to take the long road, so <laughs> I'm I'm just following my Hopi side. <laughs> and, you know, uh, before I forget, I'd like to do some shout outs before we get into the main part of our conversation. All right, today cool. Because, you know, we did identify that it is Carl that sunk, you know, a, a, a nice dollar into this production yes. to create this podcast. And then, you know, we've been thinking of our sponsors. But another shout out, another shout out to uh, some of our super fans that we really appreciate. Uh, Noel Koyahoma, Michelle Holden. Joyce Hamilton, Millard Gawanyama, and uh, Rachel Reinhardt. Rachel Reinhardt. Is a, that, that's is the newest it, one. It's the newest one. Wow. So, so thank you to, to you all. Thank you. To Michelle, Noel, Michelle, Joyce, and Millard. We greatly appreciate yeah. it. Because, uh, you know, when you think about, you know, back in the day, keeping the party going, usually it meant that you brought a 30-pack to the party or something like that. So we thank our 30-pack donors (laughs) to the podcast. Well, thank you again, donors, for keeping us on the air. And we appreciate you because... And keeping Carl out of that cardboard box. (laughs) Because it does take money to uh, actually produce the show, so... And uh, all of this, uh, all the gear that we use, we're still paying on it. All of the gear, the subscriptions that we got to yeah. make, yeah. all so, of the money we got to sink into the merchandising, into the marketing of the podcast. Yeah, even even though I said that I paid for most of it, it's actually through loans that I'm still paying through. So um, you're, you're actually paying for it. So Loans that Carl took out through the <laughs> National Bank of Seoul. Yeah, pretty much. Let's thank Seoul for that. Congratulations, Saul. Congratulations. (laughs) And so today for our main topic, what we're going to be discussing is that you and I, we're going to be the love gurus. Love gurus. Oh, my God. And so today we're going to be talking about res relationships and res love. Oh, man. I don't even have music that goes great with the love guru stuff, so. You got to find some uh, Brian McKnight or some... And so, and so I know that I'll be the one that's probably going to have to carry the bulk of this conversation as my co-host Carl has very little to no experience in the love section. Actually, I do. So <laughs> you're going to be talking to Dr. Love. Quote, unquote, Carl's love experience. <laughs> as I educated him in our last episode about how to use those air quotes. And so I think today, you know, we really are going to be talking about something a little bit different because uh, it's going to be going back to what our perceptions of what relationships are on the reservation. Yeah. Our, yeah. our um, I, I guess some of the dynamics that go behind dating Hopis. Dating Hopis, yes. Or dating other natives that aren't Hopi or just dating non-natives in general. I mean, like, it, it's weird in a way where... 
us Hopis have to date Hopis because, you know, brown people date brown people, right? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah, and it's weird how like our structure or our our mindset is is set to that that. Uh, how would you how would you say that that's set to that that certain set set to that uh, to that factory setup? I guess. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's. <laughs> Like when yeah, you factory. bring a new Hopi baby into the world, it's like an iPhone. They have this fact, uh, no, fa- factory, factory settings. And part of that factory settings is that date Hopis. Yeah. And it's it's weird because my soul, uh, you know, wants me to date a Hopi. But it is very, very hard to find Hopi girls that that actually want to date uh, a Hopi man. Let's help out uh, Carl So'o today. Uh, everybody, <laughs> I mentioned Carl's phone number in, I believe, the first episode of season three. <laughs> Carl is single. He's eligible. No kids. What a catch. And, and I mean, it's, it's weird how, how... Except he's a big dork. <laughs> Except, you know, it's weird in a way where us Hopis feel that we should date Hopis. And... I'm not. I'm not wrong in that in that section there because you know when Soul said you know date somebody from your from your own village, it's just saying that it's 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 a tradition to say that we shouldn't be dating other people from outside of the village. You know, it's old way thinking. So Soul still set in her factory settings. So Soul still has factory settings. So what is a reservation relationship? So I believe that a reservation relationship is like, you know, uh, you go to her house, you bring a, a six pack over or you have some good smokes and uh, you go from there. You black out and then see what happens the next day. Strong Ones. Strong Ones is dedicated to exposing cultural traditions of running that exist within many cultures and tribes worldwide through running apparel. Strong Ones is an individually owned business supporting cultural running traditions and supporting local organizations within the Hopi Reservation. They can be found at strongones.myshopify.com. Again, that's strongones.myshopify.com. They are also on Facebook at Strong Ones 15. But yeah, well, I, I guess that's kind of one perspective of what um, a, re- a res re- a relationship is. But I guess if you really take it back and you think about maybe like, you know, some of our, our the earlier years. Yeah. Yeah. Like from junior high school or high school. I did pose the question to our Instagram followers to kind of get some ideas of, you know, what what, what is what is so unique about a res uh, relationship? And one of the comments was that, you know, in on the reservation, uh, there's really no dating. Which yeah. I think is kind of true. Yeah, it is. It is true because I don't think I've ever dated. I just went to a girl and said, "Hey, what's going on?" And next thing you know, she, uh, her, and I are snagging behind the, the dumtoki. I, I don't know if that's true, Carl, but <laughs> trust me, it's true. <laughs> you know who you are, so. <laughs> but you mean it really is kind of like that because in that concept of I guess going on dates, you know, dressing up nice and you know trying to think of a nice place to take uh, the girl that you're hoping is going to be your girlfriend in the future is really something that here on the reservation you only saw in movies. Yeah, or you only saw it on television because then when I look think back to our earlier years in junior high school in high school that really you know it just was kind of you know the little playful flirting yeah you, you find yeah. a girl that, that you like and you think that likes you and then you start out with the flirting and then you start writing notes to each other and then once you see the little hearts on the notes that they give you then that's kind of when you're starting to think like oh man i think the door's open I, yeah I, I think that you know i could swing in there and see if i could get her to be my girlfriend and then from there, that's kind of when you work your work work uh, the balls up to to ask them. You know, will you go out with me? Have you have you ever gotten those uh, hand folded little notes and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. And it's it's strange because I've gotten a bunch of them. I think I still have some of oh those. My God, yeah, it's weird because I was looking through. Uh, I have like you know the box where all my high school and grade school uh, stuff is, and I soul keeps pretty much everything. And I was looking through that, and I was I, I found like a, a small little hand folded uh, note, and it had a heart on there. In there, it was saying like, you know, hey Carl, what's what's up? You know, the whole uh, '90s '90s phrase, what's up? She didn't just write sup. <laughs>
Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was like that. <laughs> and she was like, "Oh, I'm doing fine. How are you? You know, the whole love kind of love lovey dovey kind of thing." And I was reading it, and I was like, "Wow!" You know, I was like, "Wonder where she's at." You know, I wonder who she, who. So I was trying to look her up on Facebook, and uh, uh, she's not on Facebook. So I'm gonna buy the movie rights to uh, a project that we're gonna call um, the 40 year old Hopi Virgin, <laughs> and it's gonna star uh, the, the the main character. Will, name will be uh, Carl uh, Bronze. <laughs> That's not true. So. <laughs> But, you know, really, though, when you do think about, you know, way back then, that really is kind of how it went. Yeah. And then once, you know, you yeah. secured that relationship. Oh, she said yes. You know, she said yes. She's going to be my girlfriend. Then you could walk around campus holding hands or, you know, walking around yeah. campus yeah. with your hands in each other's back pocket or whatever else that came with it. The disgusting public displays of affection and, you know, all, all of that, all of that good stuff that, you know, we used to get really hard up about back then. But I think that, you know, what kind of really makes it funny is that you know we, we with with our wrestling yeah with some of the the terms that we'd like to use there were a couple that that you heard back then that kind of came up with being in a relationship yeah there there is um there's one saying that if the girl is not wearing your baseball cap it's not a true <laughs> relationship so <laughs> or holding your baseball cap in in a way Wearing an article clothing yeah. that belongs to you. Yeah. That, that's kind of what solidified it. Oh, my God. In in high school, I remember in high school, um, there was a girl that I, I really liked. And uh, I, I don't wear baseball caps, but I wear, like, a, a sweater. And I, I gave her the sweater. And Let she, me guess. It was black. It was a black sweater, yes. And I gave it to her because she was cold in the classroom. And she wore it. And I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to get married. <laughs> We're gonna have a lot of kids, you know. We're that, you know. We're gonna. I gotta tell Soul, you know, she's gonna probably make beaky for me. <laughs> Not quite to me tonight, you know. <laughs> and and it, it was it's strange how uh, you know your kid mind goes to, and it's like, okay, yeah, she's wearing my jacket, you know. I haven't washed that jacket in in uh, months, and she's wearing it, and she didn't take it off in disgust. <laughs> She must really like me. She must really like me. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. I, I think that, you know, I guess what makes dating on the reservation different is that, you know, we're kind of real goofy about it as kids. You know, yeah. we have these different yeah. um, terms and slang that words that we use. Um, one of the words that, you know, is kind of a real popular one, not just here on Hopi. And I really think it's something that might come from Navajo is uh, snag. Snag. Yeah. There's my snag. Oh, yeah. There's my woman over there. Where, where's your snag, Carl? <laughs> I usually say, there's my woman over there. <laughs> or man, you know, for, my for man. the female yeah. side. You know, that's my man. Yeah, there's my man over where, there. Where, where's my man? <laughs> and then, you know, I think for both of us growing up in Tuba City, another term that was used a lot, too, to describe your woman. And I, I still don't understand how this term developed, but your wool. Oh, yeah, your wool. Where's yeah. your wool? <laughs> Check <laughs> it out, Carl, your wool. I remember that. Yeah. All the Navajo guys. Uh, where's your wool at? <laughs> at first, I didn't understand. I was like, my wool? My sheep? <laughs> like, no, I think my shirt's polyester. <laughs> I don't think there's any wool. No, so I'll pick the, you know, 100% cotton out for me. So <laughs> well, thank you anyway. But, you know, I, I think that the other thing that makes dating on the on the reservation or I guess, you know, being in a relationship on the reservation that really makes that the dynamic so unique is this idea of clans. Yeah. And then dating around around the idea of clans. Yeah. And I think that one another, you know, credit to our, our Navajo neighbors, one something that they made popular is that um, after 10 p.m., no clans. <laughs> And so I guess really, you know, the idea behind that is that, you know, when we grow up, you know, that's something that we're all taught. We're all taught the importance of our clanships. Yeah. We're taught, you know, who's related to us as a result of the clan that we belong to or the uh, the clan that our fathers belong to. And then also the taboo of dating somebody that's within your own clan or your, your father's clan. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's weird in a way, but, it, you know, um, you're, you're supposed to go out with your kyaas i guess you could say mm -hmm. yeah because you know you have kyaas that that love you and that that's supposed to you know be your hopi girlfriend 
and and you're supposed to do that. You're supposed to love them back, and you can go out with your your um, your 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 gas, pretty much. That system set up in place, but yet you're still single. <laughs> I have some feelers out, so uh, my poster's still probably up. 10 p.m. Uh, call car owners. <laughs> and so it really does, it really makes it different because then, you know, you're taught that at a very early age. And then yeah. so you kind of, you know, as you're growing up as a child on the reservation, especially, you know, if you're involved with your community, if yeah. you're involved with your village, you really do get this good idea, the lay of the landscape of which girls are ones that you need to stay away from. And those girls that belong to the same clan as you, you develop that gag reflex yeah. automatically yeah. to think of, you know, if you ever thought of them in any other way than just aside as a sister. And then, you you know, you kind of recognize who the other girls are that yeah. might be eligible one day for, for you to date as you start growing up. And then I think that what's made it different for us or even, even just in general landscape of Hopi is that when you do eventually make it to school that you do end up going to school with a lot of folks that's outside of your local community. Yeah. And then it begins this whole new filling out process as to try to figure out, okay, who's related to me? Who's in this column that I can date? And then who's in this column of girls that I can't date? Well, if you give a girl a 30-pack, you know, she doesn't really care nowadays, so... So what you're saying is six clans in, then... <laughs> Six cans, no clans. Six cans, no clans. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, it, and and it's it's weird because we we think in that way, even though we have no bloodline to um, to each that, other. yeah, to each other, we still have that clan line to each other. You know, the, and we still recognize, and we still recognize it. that, and we still respect it, and we still do or at respect least most that. Of us do. <laughs> There's some guys who don't respect that clan, so. <laughs> some guys that really do live by that life. Uh, no clans after 10 p.m., <laughs> except it's 24-7 with them. <laughs> and so, you know, when, when So'o told me about, like, you know, you can't go out with any, any coyote girl because that's your sister, mm -hmm. you develop that sense, and that's what J-Man was saying, is that, you know, you develop that that. That mindset, yeah, that mindset to say that, oh, she's my sister, even though you have no blood relation to that girl. And she could be, you know, one of the most beautiful people in yeah. the village. And, yeah, and you still call her ugly. And you still call her ugly because she is, you know, your clan. So mindset taken to where that's how Hopis act. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't think that I've ever had to, uh, I guess, had a hard time doing that because I don't think there are any corn or water clan ladies that are beautiful anyway. So <laughs> all corn clan and water clan girls are very, very beautiful. So explains why you wear glasses, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> to help me look at them in a beautiful way. <laughs> Or, you know, and I guess, you know, one of the things, too, one of the easier ways to navigate around this clan thing, and I've heard people, you know, kind of mention it jokingly, but there are probably some sincerity in that, is just date a Navajo. Yeah. Just date a Navajo, because then, you know, for the most part, at least to our knowledge, you know, there's no clanships within their clanship system that's directly related to any Hopi clans. Because yeah. for the most part, even though that there are native folks that belong to tribes that aren't Hopi, but if they have a clanship system, and if there are any clans that have an obvious relationship to yeah. one of our clans, we'll yeah. still consider them a relative, even yeah. if they don't belong to our tribe. Yeah, and it's, uh, I mean, you know, my sisters, they, uh, they're, they're on like maybe husband two or three right now, and, uh, you know... <laughs> Or boyfriend five or six, and they're just going around and around. I know one of my sisters; she probably listens to this. Making their laps. They're making their laps. So uh, you know, I'm hoping for number two to come back <laughs> because that guy was pretty cool. That guy was pretty cool. So number two, you know, pick him again. <laughs> uh, we had some good laughs with number two. So <laughs> he was a good guy. He was a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> So I know you're on number five right now. I mean, that guy, you know, I don't like him because we don't hang out. But number two is still pretty cool, you know. <laughs> and and have, have, have you ever dated a non-Hopi before? 
not dated, but like, you know, just went out, yeah. I guess you could say. Yeah. Is that still considered dating? Or how would you define dating? Take him to the movies? Yes, I Dinner. did that. Yeah. Um, was it exclusive? Um, no, it was, uh, yeah, it was non-exclusive. Oh, really? Yeah. And so I guess that's kind of, you know, kind of how our, our factory settings are set is that, you know, we really don't understand what it really means to just date. Yeah. Like where there's a level of, uh, or where, where you can still see other people. Yeah. Because I think for us, it's like once you hold somebody's hand, then automatically you're exclusive. You yeah. Know, like don't touch this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Or don't touch my girl. You know what I mean? After just holding hands for a few seconds. And I think that's really how our mentalities are. And, and so, but I, I think that, you know, I, I def, I've, I've dated some, uh, Navajo girls. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I'll, you'll probably hear some nervousness in my voice now to talking to you know delve into You know what? This I'm realm. gonna I'm gonna go ahead and turn down the music because this is getting this is getting juicy here. So because because and I told Carl this before uh, we started recording, but I am from now on moving forward going to refer to my wife as uh, the the Res famous wife, and so the Res famous wife does listen to our podcast. And so, you know, but I have, I have dated outside of our culture and it, it, it can be, it can be exhausting. Yeah. It can be very exhausting. And I think what makes it exhausting is that the fact that, you know, because we still have a lot of uh, cultural practices yeah. Yeah. that we do speak our language. And so when you bring an outsider into your life, into your Hopi life, that you do have to do a lot of explaining because then there are a lot of questions, you know, like, oh, you know, what's this ceremony about? What's this ceremony called? Uh, how come they dance that way? Or how come, you know, they look the way that they look or dress the way that they dress? What What is this person saying in Hopi? And so it's a constant uh, explaining and discussing, uh, trying to explain what it is that what's going on basically in the village to, you know, a partner that's not Hopi. Yeah. I don't, I never brought home uh, a foreign girl before. So I don't have that experience in uh, telling that girl, like, you know, this is what they do. So um, I'm, I'm clear of that. And so soul made it so. Speaking of soul. And so at the beginning, you know, you kind of mentioned this, um, these expectations that she had for you, yeah, which is very true for all of us out here on the reservation, um, whether it's our own parents or our grandparents that have this expectations for their children of what they hope for them to have within an inner relationship. Yeah, yeah. And I think that one of the biggest things for Hopi is that, you know, we still have this huge idea that um, having children is a, a big part of what your life should, what should be a part of your life. Yeah. And so when you start to think about your children or future children, then you kind of start thinking about what type of life do I want this, uh, this not born child yet to, to kind of uh, be, to have, I guess. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, how, how we think as Hopis is that uh, when we do date uh, a Hopi, a Hopi woman, we, we feel that, you know, we, they're a part of us now. They 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 become they become a part of you. And when she meets your your family for the first time, you know your whole family is calling her Metwi afterwards. And because you know you're you're going out, you're she brings food to the house. She brings pies or cakes, and and it's tradition how Hopi girls do that. When you're going out with a Hopi man, you know it's tradition that the the girl brings something to the. Uh, to the, the family home of the boy and she helps out with the you know dishes she helps out with soul and it, it's kind of just cementing that that thing to to say that yeah I'm, i want to be with your son and and the boy does pretty much almost the same thing except that he brings over like sikwi to the girl's house and he helps out with the dad or he helps out you know uh, compliments the mom and I guess that's just, you know, 1950s kind of thinking, so. <laughs> it's kind of, I guess, in, in a way, it's your audition. Yeah. It's your audition before the marriage. Yeah. That when you're a woman, and I guess that this is, you know, kind of, uh, I, I, I guess, the, the warning if anybody out there who is single and wants to date a Hopi. Yeah. Whether a man or a woman that, you know, these are the expectations still to this day. 
that a lot of families hold for for their children if they're going to be in a relationship. If you have young girls and they're going to go out and they're going to have boyfriends, that you want those boyfriends to come over and help chop wood. Yeah. Or summertime uh, help down at the cornfields. Yeah. To demonstrate their uh, industriousness, to show that they are hard workers. Yeah. And that that way, that one day in the future, if they do marry your daughter, that they are going to provide that this type, this same type of effort to providing for your child in the same way that they're showing while they're in a relationship with your daughter and then vice versa if you have boys and they start dating girls and then you know to have those girls bring food to your home so to show that they can cook so when you were when you were dating um i'm gonna put you on the spot so when you were dating did you go to uh your your wife's um family home and start chopping wood of course <laughs> we'll ask wendy when she's back on here oh so. of course of course ask ask the red's famous wife she'll tell you yes <laughs> i'm pretty sure there is uh, moments where you know uh, you you're like you know i'd rather just stay inside and play xbox play xbox <laughs> It, it, it's funny, though, because then, you know, it really is. It, it can be a scary thing. Yeah. Because then, you know, if, if you've grown out here on the reservation, everybody knows that, you know, kind of each family yeah. is one to its own. Yeah. And yeah. so however your own family does things is probably going to be different than your partner's family. Yeah. And how they do things and the type of level of work that they expect. And so I think that for me, even, I guess, pre the Rez famous wife when I was out young, single, you know, trying to find that Hopi girl because it was, I ever, I, I, I can recall that, you know, being young, being a young man with no wife, no children once upon a time, that it was a goal of mine to be with a Hopi. That, oh yeah. That's what my heart desired because I was raised by Hopi parents, both mom and dad. And I saw the type of relationship that they had. I saw the type of reciprocation that they did for one another and how my father provided for my mother, myself and my sisters. And in turn, how my mother supported my dad and then all of us kids. And it was something that I always wanted for myself. And so, you know, when I was young and then, you know, looking for this, 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 uh, looking for the res famous wife that I didn't know was going to be my wife at the time. That, that is something that you do look for if you're raised in one of the more traditional homes. Yeah. You're looking for a Hopi girl that knows how to make biki. You're looking for a Hopi girl that knows how to make sumiviki or some of the more traditional foods that we eat. And I think that for some reason, in a way, in your mind, it, it kind of helps you to um, know that the woman that you're looking for, if she has these cooking skills, that that's a skill that can be provided to your daughter in the future at some point. And and I think it's because of the way that we're brought up, how we do ceremonies, because you and I were, were big participators in the Hopi ceremonies, and we want to have somebody that will take care of us after the ceremonies, you know. Um, in the way that we saw... Yeah, in the way that we saw our parents, our parents or our, our tahas or, you know, our, our family members get. So... And that's the that's the biggest way that or that's the biggest thing that we as Hopi as Hopi guys look at is that if if a, if a girl knows how to cook, uh, knows how to do all of these things in the Hopi tradition, then she is good enough for, you know, to to be married in that way mm-hmm. uh, as part of that, because if she knows a lot of uh, about the Hopi traditions and the Hopi values, then that's gold. You know, mm-hmm. that's gold mm-hmm. to us. And then I think in our turn, too, the fact that uh, if you come from a family that um, like where you you're farming. Yeah. Is a, is an added plus in, in your in your Tinder profile. Yeah. Or if you come from a family that even raises cattle could also be something that's a plus in yeah. your Tinder profile. And so that's something that, you know, kind of we really use, I guess, as a measurement to kind of uh, demonstrate how uh, I, I guess your your. Um, the, the, the hierarchy within the community of where you stand is, is if you're a farmer as a male or if you're a hunter as a male, if you're uh, or even if you're you, you do uh, art, art, art stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's weird because we look at that first rather than the we look at that as qualities of, of like of the individual. Like, you know, a girl will go out and say that, oh, he has a big field or, you know, he has a lot of corn. I want that. You know, I want to have that. So or like, you know, 
you know, Hopi girls don't look at a guy for their car or for their house or for like all their possessions. Other things. Yeah. And so like, yeah, I guess I can overlook the fact that he's an ugly guy. He's got a big <laughs> cornfield. I'm not ugly, so. <laughs> and you know, it's funny though, because then, you know, I kind of understood that that was the mentality um, moving back home. And, you know, well, the fact that I, I was already with my wife, so it didn't really matter. Yeah. But then even something like my degrees kind of feel useless, you know, it's like, well, you don't have a cornfield. You don't know how to make katina dolls, but I have these degrees. Like, <laughs> I have yeah. a master. I have a master's degree. I know, <laughs> but I have a master's degree, and you're like, oh, it's not going to feed my kids. <laughs> this paid sponsorship was paid for by Justin Villarreal. Hey, Tom here with Hopi Relief. Hopi Relief is a nonprofit organization based down here in the valley, where we are providing much-needed supplies to the Hopi Reservation during this COVID-19 pandemic and beyond. Please visit HopiRelief.org and find out how you can get involved. Hopi Relief is also an Arizona-recognized charitable tax organization. And please visit us December 1st on Giving Tuesday. Thank you. And I think that's the reason why, like, Hopi girls are trained in that way, are trained to think in that way that if they are, if they do a lot of stuff with their mothers or their aunties and their, their guys, you know, they're they, they have that mentality of old world thinking of that factory reset kind of thing or the factory settings there um, still saying that, oh, this is what you're supposed to do as a Hopi girl or as a Hopi woman. And that's what they look for as well, you know, going into into the whole world of dating. And if you're not, if you're not, if you don't know how to chop wood or if you don't know how to plant or if you don't know how to hunt. Then what good are you? Then what good are you? <laughs> And I know it sounds very, uh, how would you say it? it? Sounds very old worldish. So, sounds very nineteen hundreds. Yeah, sounds very nineteen hundreds. But that's that's basically how Hopis think still in this twenty first century here. So it is it is still that concept of if you can provide for my family or if you can provide for me, then I will be yours. Speaking of which, to all the Sun Clan ladies, I did kill a deer this year, so uh, <laughs> the Red's famous wife is being taken care of. So uh, the the deer that he showed was uh, was actually just a uh, you know a mouse that was just kind of enlarged on a picture. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it, you know, it really, it, I, I guess you know, we're talking about that factory setting that you know re- that really is how our perspectives are developed growing up here on the reservation in terms of how of who we're looking for or, or who we're wanting in uh in a partner yeah eventually whether you know that's what you have right now or if that's something that you're hoping for in the future but what happens when some of our relatives venture off the factory settings press a couple of buttons switch things up and start dating outside of Hopi culture. And it's weird. It's weird how how when they bring home somebody that's not of Hopi, then you're kind of not knowing what to talk about. Like, you know. And I, I think it really depends on, on who they bring home. Yeah. Because it's one thing if they bring home another native yeah. that's not Hopi. If they bring home a Navajo or an Apache or even a Pueblo person. Yeah. Then, you know, it's one thing. But when they bring home the Pahanas... <laughs> <laughs> or the Kastilas, that's when it, things really get interesting yeah. within your household. Yeah, and that's when Puamaya turns into a weird festival. So <laughs> <laughs> that's not Mardi Gras, okay? <laughs> so, and it is it is super weird, but uh, thankfully that I haven't had my sisters uh, bring home somebody of that, you know, of that. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they're bad people, I'm just saying that they're not. And, yeah, that Hopi. And I, I guess I guess what, what makes it what makes it more different when uh your whether it's your brothers, your sisters, somebody within the family that's bringing home somebody other than Hopi, but if they're bringing some home somebody that's native, then at least in our minds that native person understands why we do ceremony. Yeah. They understand why we pray for rain. Yeah. They understand our clanship system. Yeah. Or why we have it. But when they're bringing home the, the white guys or the black guys or the Mexican guys or the Asian guys. Yeah. Then, you know, we feel like that there's probably a bigger disconnect in their understandings of what it is that we do on the reservation with our culture, 
within our ceremonies. And then, you know, you, I guess it kind of feels like it, it stands out more. Yeah. Or it's more of something that sticks out and the families probably feel that, you know, it's um, uncomfortable in a way for some reason, right? Yeah. It feels uncomfortable, especially when you're trying to explain, like, this is what, this is what the tzikus do to mm-hmm. Bahana. So feel welcome over here at our village. <laughs> And un- unfortunately, you know, we, we kind of do a, a little bit mean to those folks and you yeah. kind of put them in a position yeah. to, where, to where it sticks out a little bit. But that is a reality that's happening now, that our people are venturing outside of our communities and starting to date other folks other than just Hopis and for, you know, various reasons. Yeah. And because, you know, some of that might be that, you know, they have a certain standard and that, you know, they don't meet somebody that is uh, upholding those standards that they have for themselves because you do hear hear it a lot that you know a lot of our um, women or even some of our boys they go off they get an education and then you know they kind of learn a new way of life I guess yeah and then they kind of develop a new expectation yeah they, of what they want basically they download a no, a new app and uh, you <laughs> they, know they they get a new version and you get a new version upgraded version <laughs> <laughs> and then they start to look for something else you know yeah. maybe they you know maybe somebody goes off to get a college education yeah and then in turn they want somebody that has a college education and then they start thinking outside of just beyond having a cornfield beyond outside of knowing how to chop wood, outside of knowing the language, speaking the language, that they want somebody that can, I guess, provide for them in an economic way on the Pahana side. Yeah, yeah, that is true. And that's how, you know, outside, I'm not saying that outsiders are, um, you know, they, they chose to do that, but that's basically how uh, Hopis that go off the reservation that's how. That's basically how they think now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, what are what do you think are some, um, I guess, difficulties navigating that that type of relationship if you're a Hopi dating a, a non Hopi? Well, for one, is that you know when you try to take part in in certain ceremonies, when you when you do t- try to take part in certain ceremonies, it's kind of hard for your significant other to understand that this is what what is supposed to be happening. So, and, and another thing too, is like, you know, the, um, the, the whole, I guess you could say the whole, uh, mindset of your, your parents or your grandparents. And you, you don't feel comfortable, you know, talking to them about like, Oh yeah, she's, you know, she's a, a pediatrician. Yeah. She's a neurosurgeon. Yeah. She's a neurosurgeon at this. And they're like, so she's a doctor, and you're like, yeah, doctor of this thing here, and then you try to explain to her, and you're like, so she's a doctor. <laughs> and, and so she, does she know how to cook? Does she know how to cook? And it's like, no, we, you know, we have a caterer, we take we out. We have a personal chef. Yeah, and you're like, you know, does she know how to make beacon? And you're like, no. <laughs> and then it becomes, oh, so she's lazy. So <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. And so, you know, I guess it really is difficult for folks that do get that uh, upgrade on yeah. their iPhone yeah. and when their family's still stuck in that factory setting for them to be accepting of who they choose as a partner. But I guess from what I've seen and, you know, with, with relatives and other folks that have gone off and married outside of Hopi, is that I think that it really becomes more difficult once they have children. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And there, there is, it, and you, you actually see that in the community today is that the children want to be part of, of like Hopi. of Hopi, but yet their mother is, is not Hopi or maybe their father is not Hopi and they don't know the Hopi traditions as far as, you know, because they, do, they don't live in the village or they don't, they're not very, uh, I guess you could say, welcomed in the family. I've seen the difficulties come on both sides. And so, you know, if you're a Hopi man and yeah. you have children with a non-Hopi woman, because we are raised to be uh, believe that we're a matrilineal society. Yeah, yeah. And so basically what we believe is that you take up what your mother is. Yeah. And so if your mother's not Hopi, then, you know, a large part of the community would consider the child to also not be Hopi, yeah. but rather be a part of the culture that the mother is. Yeah. And so sometimes, you know, you'll have people asking about others and they'll ask you know oh who's that child yeah who is their parents yeah it'll always start off and they'll say that oh so-and-so is their father and then it always follows me kyung 
Yeah. Which is which means kind of like but but, but yeah. Ni kyang pam yoita. Yeah. Which means they have a Navajo mother and, or and they, they have a you know a mother that's not of Hopi. Yeah, and they they always say something on that various lines. They say that you know oh she's like white yoita. You know that pahanam. You know there yeah. So and so that's the difficulty on the male side. And then on the female side, I think what the difficulties are is that when they have children for a, a non-Hopi, that even though because they are the female, that their baby yeah. is considered Hopi. But I think the difficulties that the women have for their children that don't have Hopi fathers is the obligations that the Hopi male is supposed to fulfill for his own children. Yeah, And yeah. so they're trying to find somebody else to provide what their child needs from what would have been the Hopi husband yeah. when they don't end up having a Hopi husband. So it becomes a very, very difficult situation to say that, oh, this is, uh, you know, th- you can, this can be your Hopi father to teach you about the Hopi things. So it, uh, it ends up being your your dad or your your tahas pretty much taking care of the, the Hopi male role that a father should be taking care of. So exactly. And so now, you know, in today's, in today's, I guess, uh, context is, that um, a lot of our folks, and we've mentioned this before in previous episodes, that a large number of our people now are living off the reservation. Yeah. And yeah. so now they're having more exposures to um, opportunities to date outside of Hopi, and that that's going to be a, a pretty large norm now. Yeah. And so that's going to be yeah. something that's going to be for future generations to kind of discuss. Because right before we did record this podcast, I was listening to another Native podcast, and they were talking about um, blood quantum mixed with native romances yeah, yeah. you know because uh, for some people that when you do start dating somebody basically what the premise of their episode was was that when you start to date somebody that at some point you do look into the future and you do think about if i have kids with this person then how are how will our children come out yeah are they going to be hopi or are they going to belong to this person's tribe or are they going to be welcome into our community if it's if i'm with somebody that's a non-hopi or a non-native. And so I guess, you know, it's there's a lot to think about and ponder when you're thinking about, you know, who it is that you're going to be with. And, you know, I think that there are a lot of people that still are set in the uh, factory settings, as we've mentioned, and to where it kind of does make um, you feel like your children might not belong, depending yep. on who you end up with. Yeah, and that is true. It is very, very true what J-Man is saying, is that the more that we, we marry outside of the village or marry outside of our traditions, uh, it's going to be very, very hard for the children to actually um, pick up or to actually, uh, what is it, how would you say that, uh, to learn? No, to further on, further on the, the Hopi traditions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... You know, and I think that's the reason why So, uh, you know, So always wanted me to marry into uh, marry a Hopi is because to keep the traditions alive, to keep up to to who we are as 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 Hopis, and and if we don't, then that's that's lost through the generations, you know, further down down, down the road of generations. So, I just want Carl to have a girlfriend. <laughs> I do. I do have a lot as, of girlfriends. As, as much as I bash on him, you know, he is my guy. So, uh, again, ladies, <laughs> that number is 928. No, well, you know, the, the, the best thing about being single is that you can afford a lot of this cool stuff that you wouldn't afford when you, when you have kids. <laughs> when you got kids. Yeah. Married with, with four children. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, I have a lot of money that I can spend, and I spend it a lot, so... Well, you know, Carl, I really feel like that, you know, we just kind of hit the tip of the iceberg with oh, this yeah. discussion. So here's another potential for another two-parter episode. Yeah. And, you know, maybe even bring on uh, some of the females to oh, get yeah. the, the female perspective so, on all of this relationship and dating stuff. So look out for that for part two of Hopi Dating uh, Red Style. So, And it's my goal to get Carl some more experience by then. <laughs> So I think it's about that time that we hit the road. So 
And so before we do that, I'd just like to thank our uh, at-home sponsors, Peace Academy Center, for yes. providing us this beautiful home at Peace Academy Studios. Just like to thank all our supporters again as we move into uh, Season 3. You'll hear some more interesting topics from us uh, at the moment. We are still trying to push out some new merchandise. We're still trying to push out this video project. Yeah. That we've been talking about for a while. There was a couple of uh, hangups because, you know, Carl and I, we're pretty busy guys. Yeah, you know, we are very, very, very busy. Just bullshitting in the studio for about an hour or a week. So, yeah. So if you want to sponsor us, please do so on anchor.fm slash CJ podcast 85. Go over there. Go sponsor us. Um, it, you can do from four ninety nine all the way up to whatever amount you want to do. Sponsor us at that sponsorship level, or if you want to become uh, a podcast sponsor, email us at CJ, I mean, uh, what was it? CJ podcast 85 at gmail.com. And also too, if you don't follow us already on social media, you can find us on Facebook at Carl and J man on Instagram at Carl and J man underscore podcast. And you can find us on Twitter at Carl and J-Man, and please, we are also on YouTube. And so if you're listening to us on YouTube, smash the like button, subscribe. If you're listening to us on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is that you listen to your podcast, please give us a five-star review. You can mention Carl in the comments that if you're available, (laughs) because Carl is looking right now. Give me one of those uh, hand-folded notes, and, uh, <laughs> and then we'll see. So anything else before uh, we mob out until next week, Carl? Uh, I want to thank you uh, for all the donors. Or well, before the- we go, why don't you tell the ladies, you know, what it is that you like out there? That way, you know, there's somebody, if, if somebody out there is looking, that they can find some commonalities. <laughs> all right, so... Uh, Carl likes cold walks <laughs> on the edge of the mesa. <laughs> Just let down your hair, and we can. Uh, you stand at the edge of the cliff. You have to know how to braid hair. <laughs> I want to thank all the donors that are sponsoring this episode here and future episodes. I want to thank all the sponsors that are sponsoring the podcast itself, and I want to thank uh, you know the, the the studio here that makes it all happen. So thank you again. My name is Carl, and this is my best friend J Man. So long, quote, quote.